What's up, everybody? It's Andrew Vos and Iris Burton bringing you Success Direct podcast, bringing you things that, well, basically it's our podcast. We talk about whatever we want, when we want, and who we want to talk to, right? That's the great thing uh, about social media and podcasts and uh, books and stuff oh, like no, that. We, lose we get you? to express ourselves. Yeah. Um, but we'll bring you current events, um, some real hyper real estate focused stuff, some entrepreneurial stuff. And today we're bringing you a special guest. Um, Because we like to bring our cool, high-performing friends on here uh, to highlight them, hear their story, showcase them, and just kind of get the word out um, that it's possible, right? Even through struggles and wins and everything you see on social media isn't always real. Um, So, Tina, what's up? Hey, guys. How are you this morning? It's morning, like way early here for me. Yeah. (laughs) It's 10 o'clock here for me, and it feels like early for me. I'm, I'm like, sleepy. I'm probably going to step off and grab my coffee because it's, like, three arm lengths away, and I'm, like, struggling right now. Uh, but um, I, I'm super excited. You and I um, connected through business, basically. We connected through business and um, friends, basically. We ran into each other at an event down in Florida, and it was – I always say – um, take every meeting, enjoy every conversation, try to at least connect with everybody, right? Because you never know what's going to come out of it. And you and I built a, I think, um, maybe you can disagree, right? This is an opportunity, but I feel like we built, um, uh, a friendship in a short amount of time, right? We have a lot of relatables. We have stuff that we're not relatable on, but we can conversate about. Um, so, I would love to hear about, I'd love everybody to hear about your story, um, why, how you're a woman in power, because how you got there, right? Because I don't think you just started there, right? I didn't just start where I'm at, Iris, either. So so I want to hear a little bit about your story, your background, how you got into business, and yeah, we'll just go from there. Awesome. Well, People who have read my my first book, Finding Your Voice, know that I got married at a young age. And prior to that, I had a very tumultuous childhood. And it got better in my later teens, but it was it was a rocky, rocky road when I was young. And so nobody in my family really planned on me going to college or anything like that. It wasn't because I wasn't smart enough. It wasn't because I didn't have good grades. It was just because that just wasn't a thing right? Where, where I was from, where I was growing up and with my family. So I got married at a young age. I, I really went for the guy on the wrong side of the road. I was the one on the wrong side of the road (laughs) from a very wealthy family. And I thought, okay, like he's saving the day. He's my white prince that's coming in on a, on a white horse and he's going to take me off to his castle. And I ended up being married to him for 12 years. And during that time, I had a lot of entrepreneurial ideas, even at a very young age. As a matter of fact, we started, we bought a business when I was 23. And my, my firstborn was still a baby. She was in the business with us and we bought a packaging store and it was very seasonal in Colorado. You know, I grew up in Colorado. It was very seasonal in Colorado. And I remember my, my ex-husband, he really didn't know how to run a business. He didn't know how to do a profit and loss or any of those things. And guys, I don't know how I knew how to do those things at 23 years old. I have no idea. I was even marketing to like 
movers, like big time movers in the area and taking them donuts and introducing us. And I can ship things that are smaller that you don't want to drive across the country. I don't know how I knew all of that. It was just kind of innate in me. Nobody took me by the hand and showed me. Well, I noticed at 23 that this business is so seasonal that we are going to fall on our face when there's no shipping going on. You know, we're really busy at Christmas, but and we're really busy in the summer, but what about the off seasons? So we started talking to corporate because it was a franchise and I started talking to corporate and I'm like, what do I do? I, I got to offset this. So they were like, well, go, go contact the, the rental companies, the rental truck companies and see if maybe you can become a rental truck dealership. And I'm like, okay, I got a rider truck dealership added to my business. <laughs> I made one phone call. They came in, they met me with, they're like, we like your attitude. I'm like, well, that's great. Guys, I didn't even like myself yet. So I was really floored by that. I ended up with five rental trucks in the back. I negotiated some lease with the bank behind me to use their vacant lot from the commercial space we were in. And I started renting rider trucks and it started offsetting the, the week seasons. And sometimes that is real. It is real. And like my, my ex-husband, he would just sit in the back room and watch me all day. I have the baby. I'm like helping the customers. I'm renting trucks. I have to hire an employee. I'm, by, I'm driving these big trucks around, you know, moving them in for the customers. And he's just kind of chilling with me. So after about 10 months in, I'm like, you know what? I did not go into this with you for me to run this business. I that what I'm, I'm a mom. Like I'm trying to take care of the baby. I want another baby. So we sold the business for twice what we owned it for after 10 months. And I was like, okay, there's something to this. So that was really my first taste of business. Well, let me tell you what happened with that. That made him, my ex-husband, very, very scared of what I could possibly do. So I was forbidden from having, like working, having friends, going anywhere. I wasn't allowed to have a credit card, a checkbook, I'm nothing. trying to find a sugar mama. So applications, I'll take a sugar mama. I don't have an ego. All right, let's go. It was, it was crazy. It was like, I literally lived in the movie sleeping with the enemy without the hitting. And it it was truly insane because for 12 years, I was not allowed to dream, to build anything in my mind. And guys, I was going crazy. I did not. I felt so suppressed and just really held back. And I remember being in this Bible study and and the woman comes to me and she's like, we want you to be one of the leaders because people always came to me for leadership roles. And I'm like, "I, I can't, you don't understand. I can't take a leadership role. It will cause problems at home. So I didn't. So I asked you a question. Did he participate in, um, Bible study, men's groups or anything like that? Was he, no. So it was just, so he allowed you to go there, but that was it. And that I was say it. that loosely. So, okay. That was, that's. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't even, the girls weren't even allowed to have friends come over for playdates when he was home. My friends would hear the garage door open and they would bolt out the front door with their kids. So, I mean, it was, everybody knew. I mean, he would get home and all the blinds would get closed so that nobody could see into the house. The kids had to go to bed by seven o'clock so that he could have me to himself for three hours. I mean, it was, it was literally, I was the center of his obsession for that whole time. And I really had to fight almost for my life 
to get out of that situation and break free and go be who I was meant to be. But I really did it for my daughters because I watched my daughters starting to dwindle as well. And my oldest daughter started biting her nails to the point of bleeding. And, and it just broke my heart because he made her so nervous. So I finally broke free and went into timeshare sales of all things. I didn't even know what I was getting into. I had no idea. All I knew was I had no money and I had to make a living for my daughters and I, if I was ever going to get out of this situation. So I made a decision to take the job fighting and screaming with him. I mean, I had to get my real estate license. I had to blockade myself in a bedroom with furniture against the door so that I could study because he kept busting in the door and trying to prevent me from studying. And I fought through it and I passed my test and I got my job and I started killing it. I mean, just killing it. Guys, I didn't even have the wardrobe. So what I'm saying here is don't make excuses why you can't. I had to go borrow clothes from a friend to be able to go to work because I got sent home for dress code. I looked like the stay-at-home mom. You know what's crazy? How much shit we take for granted. Like, just hearing some of that stuff, you know, and I, I can't relate to your situation, but I can relate to, like, the generalization, like, the the generalization of it, right? Like, the shit that I'm, like, sometimes the shit I go through and I'm, like, ah, oh, fuck, you know, I'm the only one going through it, or this sucks, blah, blah, blah. And then I hear that story and I'm, like, well, shit ain't that bad, like, <laughs> right? You know, like, I'm, like... And I, and it's not, it, I think there's a lot. That's why when people say, oh, I've hit rock bottom. I'm like, you fucking haven't hit rock bottom. You don't even know what rock bottom is. I don't know what rock bottom is. I haven't hit it yet, but my goal is not to hit it. Right. Like, and they're like, oh, you just need to hit rock bottom to like find your way. I'm like, who the fuck said, I don't want to hit rock bottom. You know, (laughs) I'm going to do everything I can to not hit rock bottom. Right. Yeah. 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 That's the plan. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry to cut you off, but it's just like no, made please. me think about like shit that, you know, cause everybody's going through stuff. Right. Um, yeah. Iris knows like I lost, I'm like, sometimes there's like an investment I lost. I still lost a lot of money on. And right now I'm just like, and there was like three weeks. I was just like wallowing in my fucking sorrow. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, and then someone told me, they're like, well, don't you think you can make it back like 10 times? And I'm like, yeah, it took somebody that's in Germany that I've never met before besides virtually that has coached me to like pull me out of it. It's it's just crazy how like how easy, how much gratitude we don't show, if that makes sense. So anyways, continue. With the well, story. and I even what you just said just now, I never I didn't even know what timeshare was and the people that you meet that come in and can change your life in an instant, pay attention to those people. You just met somebody in Germany that helped pull you out of your funk, right? I had a friend that I met at church who, when I decided to get a divorce, never spoke to me again because that was against the Christian way, which guys, I'm a woman of faith and I'm going to tell you, there is no way that the Lord wanted me to still be in that relationship. I'm going to tell you that right now. Because I wasn't allowed to be around my family or anything. But this friend, her husband says to me, I think you would be great in timeshare. I'm like, I would? Are you sure? This guy's making, you know, 150, 200,000 a year. I can't even dream of making money like that. All I know is I want to. And so what year was this? What year? That was Sorry. back in 
geez, I mean, I've had my license 20 plus years now. So I mean, really, so I think it was like 2002. Yeah. So guys, like I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't have the exact numbers, but think about $200,000 then is about $500,000 now, right? Yeah. Roughly, don't quote me on that, but that's like, I mean, yeah. significant money back then. Well, and for me, who didn't go to college, wasn't allowed to even leave my house unless I was going to church, wasn't even allowed to listen to anything other than Christian music. <laughs> I mean, like, there's some good Christian music out there, though. There is. I like some Toby Mac. I don't know. I still listen to it. But yeah. my point is, I'm like, I, I had no, I hadn't even been to a nightclub by 31 ever in my life. Like I lived under a rock. Okay. Where I hadn't experienced anything. And I go into this, I go to this interview that this guy sets up for me, my friend's husband, and I'm driving on international drive in Orlando, which is a super busy road. I mean, super busy. And I feel like I'm going to be late and I'm just praying the whole time I'm going, I'm like, Lord, if I'm supposed to have this job, you're just going to open the road for me. Like I'm just going to get there in time. And I don't even know what I'm doing. If I'm supposed to have this job, you're going to give me the words that I need to get this job. And I'm thinking of it as a job, not a career. Like, just give me the job. I need the job. If I'm meant to do this, open the doors. Because there was nobody in front of me on this road. It was like the seas parted and I was just driving. (laughs) It was the craziest thing. And I get in the parking lot and I'm like, okay. So I'm walking in and you're going to have to give me the words that I need. If I'm really going to, if I'm going to get this, if this is what I'm meant to do, I have faith. I'm walking in you. You know, what's best for me. I get inside. I sit down. I meet this guy. His name is David. He interviews me, older guy. He's like, well, Rory says great things about you. I'm like, well, great. I'm glad. I mean, I have no idea what this guy has said. Right. And he's like, so let me ask you a question. I'm like, okay, what is it? And I'm freaking out. I'm literally shaking. And he goes, if somebody lies to you, what do you do? And I'll never forget this question. And I said, well, you ask him the question again. And he goes, okay. And what do you do if they still lie to you? And I'm like, you ask the question in a different way. Like, I'm looking at him like he's stupid for asking me this question. (laughs) I mean, that's like every woman's, like, that's like one of their key like core skills like okay i tell you i tell you the response and you ask me again and again and then you ask me a different like that's you guys are born with that skill i swear it's like some have it better than others but yeah yeah well the funniest thing is he's like the next class starts in two weeks you have to have your real estate you have to be done with your real estate class by that two weeks i'm like okay and he goes you answered the question I asked you perfectly and you meant it with conviction. I always need you to have that conviction. You're hired. Amazing. I walked out almost stumbling to the car. Like, no, what just happened? And he warned me. He warned me. He was like, listen, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. The best thing that I can say to you is don't hang out with anybody in the back room. When you're in the back room, be prepared. Always stay in the right mindset, but get that class done or you can't start and you won't get another chance. I go home. I'm calling every real estate school under the sun. Like, I don't know what to do, right? I've got to get 60 whatever hours out like that in two weeks. I'm going to take the money from the account. I'm like, he's going to scream at me. I don't even know. He didn't even know that I was doing this. 
I got the job. I got in my real estate class. I found an amazing instructor. It's like, look, you missed a day, but it's okay. You can make that time up. And I literally locked myself in that room for two weeks, but it was because of the determination. And that's the other thing that I like to tell people all the time. If you want something, even just a little bit, you have everything within you to get it. Even if people are knocking you down and kicking you down and telling you that you can't, yes, you can. Guys, I walked out of there. I went to my training class. I had to study a script, 55 pages word for word, every comma, every period, everything. I had to be able to write it, say it with perfection or I was fired. Mm-hmm. I had this man at home telling me, you need to cook my dinner. You need to get the kids ready for bed. They need baths. This is your job. This is why you're not supposed to have a job. I still did it. I was voted least likely to succeed in my class of 12. Yes, they give out that award. I was the happy winner of that award. Yep, that was me. And I'm like, I I didn't, like I said, I didn't have the look. I, I was very unsure of myself. I'm an expressive, expressive by nature. So I would sit back there and talk about myself all the time. These people don't care about me yeah. in this room. They voted me least likely to succeed because I was annoying. And you know what? I can admit it because I was, all I cared about was like, there's somebody here to talk to. Oh my God. And so, but you know what? After two months, I was the only one left out of my training class. And I was in the top 10% of that resort out of 268 agents. Wow. Damn. Um, That's awesome. So I don't even know if I can remember, I can memorize like one page. So 55 is pretty impressive. That's what I got out of that whole conversation, by the way. I was like, <laughs> I can't fucking memorize 55 pages. <laughs> Man, right there. Iris, you're like, oh my God, like determination. And yes, and like, look at this story. And he's like, but I know is you memorize 55 pages. Singularly focused and we're spaghetti brained, Iris. We see everything. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So, um, Iris, Iris, um, has a background, not, I don't, it's similar. Yeah. Yeah. 12 years, same thing, similar marriage. I did it all. I ran a daycare and I was going to school part-time and I did everything. I was nursing my baby while I was cooking dinner and Mm -hmm. running a daycare is not a 40 hour clock in clock out type of thing. You're there for 50 plus hours a week. So yeah. I get it. Yeah. It's crazy. It is yeah. crazy. Yeah. I'm so, grateful that I was able to break free. And I and that's what really started my real estate career, so to speak, right? Yeah. That's what started it. Um, I was really good at timeshare, but because I wasn't pushy, I ended up becoming a trainer, a sales trainer for for timeshare after a couple of years. And then I got in a really bad car accident and my my career just halted. It just completely halted. Thank God my kids were not in the car because the back end was completely in the back seat. And I was on my way to work, guys. I was number one for the month at this resort. And if you were number one, you got this huge bonus, just like in car sales or anything like that. Because I was I was commission only. I mean, I did this being commission only. And I was at a stoplight on my way to work and somebody hit me from behind at 45 miles an hour and pushed me through the intersection. Damn. And here's 
the greatest thing about that story. So I'm across the intersection. I, my neck was killing me. They were, they were pretty sure that I broke my neck on impact and I'm sitting there crying and I can't move. And there's this woman standing at my door of the car and she's holding my hand and she's like, it's okay. They're coming. You're going to be okay. I'm going to stay with you until they get here. It's okay. And I'm like, I don't know what happened. She goes, somebody hit you, but you're going to be fine. You're going to just don't move. You're going to be fine. And she's just talking me through this as I'm crying and in pain and freaking out. And I'm like, are my babies in the car? Because I couldn't remember that I dropped them off. She's like, nope, it's just you. And I'm going to wait here with you. And she's holding my hand. The fire department gets there. They rush in. They're like putting me on this gurney. They're putting this thing on my, on my neck. And I'm like, where's the woman? They're like, what woman? I said, the woman that was standing there holding my hand, where is she? He goes, there was nobody here with you when we got here. There was nobody by your car. She was an angel that was just there making sure that I didn't panic and that I didn't try to move. And they, nobody ever saw this woman. She was, she did not exist to anybody else. It was the coolest, the coolest thing. Like I still get shivers about it when it happened. Yeah. I got you know? some goosebumps. My nipples just yeah. got hard. So that knows. <laughs> Good to know. Hard nipples, 55 pages. <laughs> I mean, I, well, I got a little bit of goosebumps. You know, I no, got, I, did too. I, I felt that pressure behind my eyes. I was like, damn. All right. Yeah. It was, it was, it was horrible experience, but again, he's always there, you know? And, um, I got to tell you though, it was, there was three days left of the month and I, there was one person trailing me in numbers. So I get out of the hospital. I let my boss know, Hey, I'll be there tomorrow. She's like, no, 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 you, you need to stay home for a couple. No, I'm number one. I'm maintaining number one. I will be there. <laughs> so I, I have this rental car and I drive into work. I'm barely walking, right? I sell two more over the next two days to secure my spot. And then that was it. I couldn't remember anything after that. The concussion started to move in. I started having migraines constantly and even lost my promotion because of it. I mean, I lost my house because of that car accident. I lost everything because I could not concentrate or work. I went from number one to number 77. And I finally had to move to Arizona for a year to recover. And then I had to go back and start having surgeries. Mm -hmm. So my, my point of even telling you guys that story is because things can be so amazing, so amazing. And then all of a sudden, in an instant... You get a wake-up call. I call them defining moments where everything in your life becomes so real. What's important to you? What's not important to you? I got to tell you something, though. I lost my home. I lost everything because of the car accident that wasn't my fault. But when you have experiences like that, you can take it and make it into something so beautiful and so amazing. When I ended up back in Florida a year later, I started working in foreclosure defense, loan modifications, and eventually short sales because I didn't want people to be afraid coming home and seeing a notice on their door and thinking that they had to move the next day or that all of their things were going to be gone. I didn't want them to be afraid of the calls coming in and not knowing what can happen and how, how Florida laws work because I didn't know. And I, I just wanted to ease people's mind that it was going to be okay. So over 10 years after that, I ended up helping over a thousand families 
either save their homes or get out of them with minimal to no impact and trained other teams to do the same. If I wouldn't have gone through that car accident and had that happen to me, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to touch so many other people. Yeah. So I wouldn't take it back. Yeah. So yours, so yours is like, was out of your control, right? It happened Mm -hmm. to you instant, right? Mm -hmm. But you know, like the sad part about it is most people don't have that instant thing that changes their life. They, they get comfortable or they take time. It, it feels like an instant because when things hit, it hits. Right. And you're like, fuck, things are not coming in threes. They're coming in fours, fives, sixes, sevens. And you're like, damn, how did I get here? But they forget about the last year, two years. Right. So when I moved to Florida, I was like, Oh, I'm good. Everything's sailing. Everything's moving. Everything will just be like it was in Colorado. Right. I don't have to hustle my ass off. I don't have to do all that. (laughs) And I looked up a year later and I'm like, things aren't the same. I'm not making 30 to a hundred. Like there was some months in Colorado, I was making a hundred plus K a month, like on real estate sales. And I'm like, you know, that was, it wasn't consistent, but there were some months that I was like, damn, if I keep this up, I'm about to crush it, you know, but I looked up a year later and maybe it was maybe it was like a year, year and a half, but regardless, the time had gone. And I was like, fuck, how did I get here? Yeah. And I was like, I know how I got here. I lost that passion, that drive. I wasn't doing the daily disciplines. So like when they hear this, hopefully they don't, you know, say, Oh, yeah, that's what happened to me. It was just instant, right? right. Like you'll know instant versus like long term, right? Oh yeah. Like, I call oh, yeah. that self sabotage, what I did right? Yours was just a freak fuck, freak thing. So not a freak well, thing. You yeah. have these ebb and flows throughout life though, right? So I had a major impact that changed everything in that moment. And now all of a sudden I had all this empathy for, for people that I became their voice to help them because they didn't have one. But then after that, there's other defining moments that happen. And those defining moments come to wake us up from what we have caused. And I'm really big on taking ownership of our part. I mean, guys, yeah, I've done like these amazing things in my life. And quite frankly, it's because I get bored and I need new challenges. And my mind is always working. Huh? How many many books now? Um, Two books, one being a bestseller. Damn. Coaching, training all over now, like two day workshops. Now I've started these online group coaching sessions, group coaching, like 12 week sessions for newer agents, as well as existing agents. Now people who want to build a team to give them everything they need, all the templates, everything. Like I just keep creating, how can I help people more? What do I need to know to help people more? Where are people struggling? I even have a class right now, an online group coaching class called how, how it's time to write your book. The reason that happened is I was in St. Pete the same time that I met you, Andrew, and people kept coming to me. They're saying, I want to write a book. I don't know how. And I'm like, oh, I can help with that. I'm about to put you on the spot right now. What? What do you think of my book? I haven't read it yet. (laughs) What the? What the? 
I'm joking. I'm joking. I just created three online group coaching courses, like back to back, like every weekend. I like created another one because that's right, how my mind work. works. I want your feedback. Well, I have it right on my nightstand, actually. So I do plan on reading it now that I have all three classes. Yeah, you're on my night. Your picture's right there looking at me. (laughs) That's kind of (laughs) creepy. What do you mean it's creepy? (laughs) I'm just kidding. Did you you finish my book? No. Oh. Hmm. I know. I already knew this shit was going to come back on me. I already knew it. But. I when he he happened to be he happened to be in Phoenix um one day and he was literally here for less than 24 hours. So I picked him up and from where he was staying and took him to the airport because at least then we had like an hour hour and a half where we could at least chat because let me tell you the first time that I met Andrew. First time I saw him, we were at a happy hour in St. Pete and he was with this group and it came out that I was from Colorado. But let me tell you something about Andrew. Andrew said, oh, hi, and then walked to the other side of the bar and kept maintaining his world over there. I'm like, okay, cool. So then I go to have dinner with my daughter. I get out of the out of the Uber, and he's sitting at an outside table. I get out, and I walk up, and he goes, hey. He startled the crap out of me, okay? And I'm like, okay, creepy dude. Like, why are you saying it's so animated like that? I was like, oh, hey. Didn't dawn on me that I had my lanyard showing that I was with the same group and he had just met me at the bar, but I didn't, I didn't even equate this guy to the guy that was so aloof on the other side of the bar. Right. Which was fine. I was networking my mortgage broker over there and I was like introducing a ton of people to him and it was fine. But I'm like, okay. So then I sit down with my daughter and then all of a sudden it hits me where I know him from. And I'm like, I was kind of like, very like, Hey, (laughs) That's funny. So walked in. I'm like, okay, so I guess we're even now, right? So then the next day or two, yeah, the next day I am on, um, I'm on a boat that they kick us all off because this group from Colorado wants privacy. And can you guys hear those drums? My dad is totally killing it on the drums right now. Do it. Do it. So I, so I'm like, okay, well, I, we get off the boat as we're getting off him and Courtney and everybody are getting on. And I'm like, Oh, cool. Like, hi guys. How you doing? Courtney with the K blah, blah, blah. They get on. And then we all get back on later and they're like, okay, well, they're still in a meeting on the middle floor. I'm like, okay, cool. So I want to, my, my friends want to go up to the upper deck. So I'm like, they're like, you got to go through there. I'm like, no, they're in a meeting. They're like, no, 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 go ahead. They push me through. So they're all sitting in there and I walk in and, and the gentleman they were talking to was like, Hey, did you guys know that Tina's a broker in Arizona? And they're like, yeah, we were hanging out with Tina last night at the happy hour. Yeah. I was like, what was there? Like 13, 1300 people at this event, 1500 people at this event. Yeah, and our, huh? It was pretty fun. Yes, yeah, we just kept crossing paths like over and over and over again. It was crazy. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, Andrew, what was your excuse for that being so aloof? I so I honestly, I think I sometimes have a personality disorder. Sometimes I like, sometimes I'm extrovert and sometimes I'm introvert, right? And I don't think it's a disorder. I think I'm just in the middle. Because your I, mind is going probably a, mo- a million I mean, miles a minute, especially at an event like that. Yeah. And I, I, 
this is one of my downfall. This is one of my pluses and minuses, like pros and cons, right? Is I'm sometimes all about business. So like nothing else matters, right? Like unless you want to talk about business and how we're fucking crushing it and make money together, I I put you like yeah. It, okay, we I know you this. can't do small talk. I, I fucking hate small talk. <laughs> Holy shit. I hate it. I hate it. I will lit- legit like be I'm the in same way. my friends, my close friends, and they're just talking about some bullshit. And I just like, just get on my phone. I'm just like, it's so like, funny. Cause it's like this. I'm like, Oh, he's disengaged. Yeah. Well, it's like, I think too. So but she called me out for it. She's like, yeah, you're definitely an Aquarius guy. So who Tina did. Yeah. yeah. So it's funny because my boyfriend's an Aquarius. And and I'm a Sagittarius, so I'm like, why am I like like the world is my I'm oyster? And I'm like, too. See, so That's you know what so I'm talking funny. about, Iris. You know, yeah. Like we just want to have adventure, and we want to travel, and we want to do all this cool stuff, right? And the Aquarius, they want to come along so that they can analyze it all. <laughs> <laughs> my boyfriend, he loves to go to events with me. Loves, loves to go to events with me, right? And he lives in Florida, so. When I'm in Florida, it's like everybody invites us everywhere. So I take him and he wants to go. I don't have to drag him. He's like, yeah, I want to go. How fun. But he's going to sit on, on the corner, in the corner on a, at the bar and drink his drink and watch everybody. He enjoys just being there and feeling the vibe, right? But he doesn't necessarily want to be in the middle of it. Yeah. It's mentally draining. Uh, when I have to do it all the time, I, uh, people, some people really like give me energy and some people just like, when I say this, if you're listening, it's not negative against anybody, but just 80% of people drain me. They just like, it's like a chore to have a conversation with you. Not because you're boring or I don't like you. It's that I fucking don't want to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I just like, I, yeah. It's not, and I think it's an energy match too. Like yeah. if you're not matching on that energy, then it's just hard to carry a conversation. I'm the same way. And I try not to be rude, but uh, you know, everyone's kind of their own person. Yeah. But that's funny. Yeah. And I can be too much. I have to pull myself back. Right. Like people are always like, you're not drinking. I don't need alcohol. <laughs> Why would I need? I probably need drugs to calm me down, but I don't like those either. <laughs> I have so much energy all the time, but let me tell you, when I crash, I crash. So, like today, after we're done here, I have to go teach a class in person across town, and then I have to come back. And I, I have the New Agent Accelerate today, and those guys are like so motivated and so excited, and they get on these group coaching sessions with me, and they're all like. So last week I had to give them, they had two minutes that they were allowed to tell one story because they'll just go and go and go and go. And I'm like, no, no, no. I have to teach you guys that less is more. Guys, everything I teach is things that I had to learn myself. Yes. Yeah. And that's good. Yeah. Sorry. My, uh, my follow-up boss was just ringing. I couldn't figure out why. I, I made a bunch of phone calls last night. We did call night with a team that we brought over to LPT from EXP. We did a call night with them uh, down in Orlando. Um, oh, are you in Florida? No, I'll be in Florida for the month of June. Oh, okay. I'll be in Florida next week, and then I'll be in Colorado for the month of July. Right. Which I Am I coming to see you guys the third week in July? Oh, yeah. Fuck. 
Uh huh. I have it on my calendar because people keep trying to schedule over it. And I'm like, no, I said I was going to Colorado for the third week in July and I'm going. I got you. All right. Yes. Third. I, I'm going to put it on the calendar right now. Third week of July. Tina. So Tina, um, one like major tip for women that do, cause do you feel like you're kind of constantly feeling like that oppression, even though it's gone now? Like, do you still feel small sometimes? So have you gotten over that? That's an interesting question. So like coming on things like this and people are like, okay, you're going to talk about yourself. That's really hard for me. Like I have to push myself because I know that I have to talk about what I'm doing. I have to self-promote. I have to talk about the classes I'm doing, the books, the trainings, blah, 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 that I'm a realtor and I have a team in Arizona. I know I have to talk about these things, but it's a really humbling experience for me. And I really had to, I had to really hone in and teach myself that I'm enough just as I am. That was, I think the hardest part is I felt so unworthy of success, so unworthy of love, so unworthy of friendship and all of these things because people throughout my life had told me that over and over and over again, including my first husband. And I say first husband because I went through two more guys. Like my life has been like, you know, the, yeah, I mean, I, and I see that I had to start looking at me in all of that. Because of what had been done to me in my life with the abuse as a child and then a really a mentally abusive husband, I became one of those people that maybe had some of those traits and attributes. And I had to really start to focus on myself and figure out what my part was in all of this. What was the world that I kept creating over and over again so that I could change it? And even still to this day, I... I look in the mirror and I still, I still see myself as, as a very large girl because I was back then. And I still look at myself and I'm like, do, do I look the part to be able to be on stage or be on these shows or all of this? Because I was told I was so unattractive for so long. And these things play in your mind, this negative self-talk constantly. And I tell women and I teach women all the time, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and you have to go through your I am list. And you have to really put on that list. Who are you now that you like? And who do you want to be? And those are the things that you need to keep saying to yourself over and over and over again so that you can believe it. But I think one of the biggest things for me is that because of my faith, I know that God loves me just as I am. So why can't I love myself? And I think that was really a big turning point for me. I love it. I think it. that was big. Yeah. I love that. I got too. this uh, bracelet. So my daughter used to go to a private school, <clears throat> Christian school, and uh, just wasn't a good fit, like for education wise. But it was great oh, yeah. for like it was great for the um, the faith of it. But she came home one day. It said, "Here, I got you this," <clears throat> and it says, <clears throat> "God is good all the time," and I haven't taken it off since. Right. And I, I've always gone back and forth on my faith. Like, well, I've always believed and I've always known that like, there's somebody higher than me, like, and it's not a fucking person. 
like right. there's it's faith right like it's right. somebody there's a it's just someone's above me and it is not a person i've never idolized a person uh nothing so i've always had that but i've always just went back and forth i'm like why questioning like how did this really happen who knows that dozens of people wrote this book how do we know it's all real right like <clears throat> like i've just i've always just been that why person and i recently I've just been more grounded in my faith. I'm like, I'm vocal about it, right? Because what I used to do is not talk about it. I'm like, oh, if I don't talk about it and I just like um, have a relationship in silence, it's good, right? Or in quiet. And I'm like, no, fuck that. So now I just post whatever I want. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to believe out loud. I'm going to just... I'm going to say my feelings about politics, religion, because I used to not want to do that because of business. Right. And I'm like, no. So I, I like that you're so. You got to be uh, true to you, right? right? Yeah. You have yeah, to. Yeah. I'm like, really, I like that you've, uh, this conversation has gone that direction, right? A lot of it's been faith-based. And I know Iris actually basically is like a teacher of the Bible. Really? I'm not. I went to Bible college and I grew up in church. My dad's like the most Pentecostal person and my father-in-law, funny enough that my husband, they're even more Pentecostal than me, but, or my dad, but, um, I just, I learned a lot. Um, a lot of it is just finding your own relationship. A man, what is the saying? A man with an argument is never at the mercy of a man with an experience. Right. So just getting closer to God versus focusing on like the, the nuances of Christianity, I guess. It was hard. I was the first one that really found like true faith in my family. And um, over the years, it's been tested so many times. And, but I will tell you this, the Lord saved my family. My family was really, really broken and I was the first one to go to church and I went to youth group. Barney Huey was my pastor and he was bouncing all over the stage, hellfire and brimstones because we were Pentecostal too. And I mean, and I just remember like, I don't know what this guy is talking about, but whatever this is that I'm feeling, I want it. Yeah. Yeah. I need it. And I just fell to the floor and he was just praying over me. I went home. My parents believed fully that I joined a cult. Yeah. (laughs) Because I was walking three miles to church four times a week. Like I had to be there because I had to keep feeling that because my family was broken. And then my family started coming because I was singing at solos at church. I started acting in plays and monologues and things at church. And so they started coming to watch me. And that's, that's really how it all began. And it was, Do you it was know a beautiful who Nikki thing. Cruz is? Did you ever go to his um, rallies? Who? Truce. Nikki Cruz. I don't think so. I actually misquoted that. It was a man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. So I just wanted to clear that. Okay. Awesome. No, I mean, I, guys, I'm so excited. So my first book, Finding Your Voice, was actually Christian published. And I I always knew that eventually I would be speaking at churches for that book. And June 3rd, for the first time, I was asked to speak at a church. And I'm doing Finding Your Voice June 3rd um, there. And I get to and I, and I get to talk about it more from the faith standpoint. Yeah. Most usually I'm in a room full of realtors that need that message, right? Yeah. But um, but this time I really get to dive into it. But I am really nervous because it, it's 
partly my mom's story too. She was young when she had me. So she's going to be there. And I'm like, mom, I can't look at you if you're in the audience. Like you have to sit like far to the side where I can't see you because I, I will lose it if I'm looking at you. She's going to be crying the whole time. Uh, um, So, yeah. Um, I've been trying to think on how to like wrap this up to conclude it, but we've talked about so much stuff. I was even thinking about like the title of this, uh, this whole time. I'm like, what are we going to title this? So I Harris has ideas. Well, I just it, put empowering women in business, but I mean, it's a very generic. Yeah. We're going to, I got, I got an idea. Yeah. Let me know. Well, it was just something to help me track where, uh, where this podcast is going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Powered, powered by faith or powered through faith or something. So, I don't know. We're going to figure this out. Maybe I'll use crazy chat, chat GPT to come up with us some ideas. Yeah. But um, if you could leave anything on the table here, how can they contact? Well, if you could leave anything on the table in two minutes and then mm-hmm. how can they contact you and what, you know, you can promote this, promote the shit mm-hmm. out of yourself right here. Okay. Awesome. We'll need links too, though. Yeah. Okay. So the biggest, <laughs> I'm like, links, what? Okay. No. So the biggest thing that, that I really want to say to women out there, but not just women, I want to say this to men too. If you want something in life and you truly believe in yourself and, and you know you can get there, but it's going to take work, just do the work. Reach for the stars. Don't give up. And I tell people, dream big because you have the ability to get there. So don't ever stop. If you would have asked me five years ago if I would be doing everything that I'm doing now, if you would have, if you would have asked me, are you going to be having a best-selling book? Are you going to be writing more books? Are you going to be teaching people? Are you going to be on stage all over the country? Like, that's your goal, right? I'm like, are you crazy? That's, I'm not doing any of that. I literally just kept pushing harder, pushing stronger, and really testing myself and pushing myself to the limits because no dream is too big. And I really want to put that out there to, to everybody today. You can reach me by contacting me at tina at tinavaliant.com. I will respond to you. People are always like, oh my gosh, she actually called me. Yes, I will call you. If you reach out to me, it's because you need something. Um, you can also reach me there at Tina at tinavaliant.com. If you want classes in the future, if you want to book something that I teach, I have a whole menu of things. Um, also, I always post all of my classes on Facebook all the time. They always have links so you can sign up. I'm all over the place. I'm in Phoenix right now. I'll be throughout Florida for the month of June. I'm already booked for classes that month. Apparently, I'm going to see Andrew and his group in Colorado in July. And have some some other things. Good. I'm glad you remembered. And (laughs) And then, you know, I'm actually booked now through October. So... Don't hesitate to reach out and talk to me. I have three online classes right now, two of which I'm taking new participants in, and that's New Age and Accelerate, which will boost your real estate career and help you really get on fire. I'm seeing amazing results in that group, and I'm so excited about it. It's a 12-week course. I promise you it does not disappoint. And then I have- I feel like I'm a moderator in that group. I'm just like watching everything. 
Are you, I, I, you guys never comment on anything. So I took you out of the chat because I'm like, he's probably getting bombarded. I can put you back in oh, if you want. Is that why I'm not getting it? I was like getting all of it. <laughs> I was just watching. I watched what people. I'll put you I, back in. Remember, he's you the even observer. Told me what I am. You said I'll just sit in the corner of the room and observe. Shoot. <laughs> He's probably not even reading these. And then you didn't even notice I took you out four days ago. Well, I mean. <laughs> Put me back so, in. Shit. Uh, it's okay. Um, so, but also, I wanted to say you can um, look up my website as well. We're getting ready to update it with everything that I do. My whole class schedule. It's tinavaliant.com. Any way to find me. Guys, Google me. You can find me. Just Tina Valiant. I come up on the first 10 pages of Google. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Super grateful for your time today. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I think you and Iris should connect offline. Uh, Yes. New powerhouses. Iris is actually building a course um, for YouTube and um, she's building out a team for that. So Tina has a really good platform that I think, I think y'all should connect because yeah. Um, But I do. Thanks for coming on. Uh, thank you guys for having me. It's always yes. fun. Andrew, I'm, I'm, you know, you can't get anything past me, man. <laughs> uh, um, what do you mean? I just, I'm like, I'm always going to be on you because I understand how your mind works. So we're, okay. we're, we're connected now. I, I think um, maybe Iris will disagree. I think uh, 80% of the time, I'm an 80-20 rule guy, so 80% mm-hmm. of the time I take constructive criticism pretty well. Um, 20% I kind of push back a little bit. I'm like, no, nah, it's my way. Fuck that. <laughs> right. But, That's okay. Uh, but no, I, I'm grateful. Uh, well, I think we're grateful to have you on and yeah. you sharing yeah. that story because um, shit isn't always – perfect right no. uh they no. see that everybody sees the polished version of everything right mm-hmm. and um that's why i shared my uh we'll talk about it later but uh thanks for ha- coming if you feel like this can provide some value please like share comment reach out to tina reach out to iris or myself we'd love to just provide value and uh yeah have a great day Bye.